Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that if you want to find these stories for yourselves and check them out, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where you will find a written version of the Roundup with all the links that you need. Let's go to our first piece of the week, Youth Mental Health Concerns Rising. The Trevor Project published its annual report on LGBT youth mental health based on a survey of almost 34,000 youth aged 13 to 24. Among the findings were that nearly half, or 45%, of LGBT youth had seriously contemplated suicide within the past year, and 60% of LGBT youth who wanted mental health care in the past year had not been able to access it. Additionally, 73% of LGBT youth reported symptoms of anxiety and 58% of depression. These issues were even higher among gender minority youth than they were for cisgender sexual minority youth. Anxiety, depression, and contemplating suicide had all trended up slightly between 2020 and 2022, and more than 90% of gender minority youth expressed concern over the recent state and local laws that have been um, passed or are pending in a lot of places that would limit gender-affirming care and access to gender-based facilities, sports teams, etc. So some really concerning trends here. Um, as always, if you or someone you, you, um, you know, a youth that you know needs support, you can go to the Trevor Project and um, find resources and a hotline there. Um, but, you know, just a lot of um, really troubling statistics here that are unfortunately not a surprise given the, the attacks and the backlash um, facing trans youth in particular, but also LGBT youth more generally that we've seen over the past couple years. Next up, we have another youth-related story, Few Transgender Children Retransition. Pediatrics published a study of over 300 transgender children and found that only 7.3% retransitioned after initially deciding to live as transgender. Some of these youth ended up identifying as non-binary at the end of the, the study period, and only a few percent reverted back to identifying as their sex assigned at birth. The study concludes that while understanding this idea of retransitioning is important for providers, families, and trans youth themselves, that the occurrence is relatively rare. The New York Times also reported on the study and noted its importance at a time in which, as I just mentioned in the last story, many states are moving to limit gender-affirming care for trans youth. I think that there's this idea that sometimes pushed that, you know, a lot of youth um, have, a, have regrets later in life, and this study seems to show that not only is that a pretty small number, but also that, you know, this is something that, that can happen and that can be um, appropriately managed with, with trained providers. In our next story, states rally against blood ban. WBUR reported that physicians are rallying to get the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, to lift the rule that sexual minority men must wait 90 days from their most recent sexual encounter before being able to donate blood, a rule that is itself a relaxed version of the lifetime ban that had been in place before. WBUR interviewed the North Carolina Secretary of Health and Human Services, whose letter to the FDA making this request has been joined by 10 other states so far. 
The initial lifetime ban came about in the earlier days of the HIV crisis, but critics call it discriminatory as it only applies to sexual minority men. And this, of course, despite the fact that, you know, everyone is um, is at risk for HIV and, and therefore, you know, our, the systems that they have in place to test the blood uh, should be able to to take care of that in, in all circumstances and not just targeting sexual minority men as, as being high risk. So definitely an idea that a lot of people find to be quite outdated. Our next study looks at evaluating training for med students and residents. Transgender Health published a study reviewing evidence of LGBT health education for medical students and residents. They find overall high levels of student satisfaction with um, these topics being taught, although more time, particularly on the issue of transgender health, was needed. The study also found that more interactive experiences were needed to show an actual attitude change among these future physicians in terms of, you know, their, their attitudes towards uh, LGBT patients, which makes sense that, you know, learning something uh, in a textbook isn't necessarily going to, to help you um, interact better and feel more positively about a group of people. The researchers also found a lack of information on the actual outcome on LGBT health resulting from um, their providers having or not having this training. And I think this is really important because ultimately the point of the training um, isn't just to, to do the training, right? It's to improve LGBT health because we have doctors um, and other medical providers who know about our needs and, and, and are able to work with us effectively. So it would be great to have some research showing, you know, here's the, the how the quality of care changed outcomes for LGBT patients. And basically this review of, of the literature found that that kind of research doesn't currently exist, but would be great to have. Next up, trans youth with autism face challenges. Prism reports shared some of the unique challenges facing trans youth with autism, including ableism in which doubt is cast on their ability to understand their own identity and determine their own course of care with respect to their transgender identity. Trans people who are diagnosed with autism can experience benefits from that diagnosis, like getting the care that they need and better understanding their mental health. But there's also this denial of agency that often comes from some providers and the general public um, that makes it difficult for those who are trans. The issue is of growing importance as trans people are more likely to be diagnosed as um, autistic compared to the general population, although research still doesn't give a clear reason as to why this is the case. There are definitely some theories as to why, and, and the article explores that, but um, I think it's it's interesting and important just to hear about, about some of the challenges um, and to think about you know how, um, how we might overcome these, including with, with training, as, as was just discussed in the last piece. And in our final story of the week, 20 states now mandate fertility coverage. GLAD, that's G-L-A-D, 1A, celebrated the passage of a fertility bill in Maine that will require health insurers to cover various types of fertility services in the state, bringing the total number of states in which this type of care is required to only 20 nationwide. So still with um, you know a pretty good majority of states not requiring insurance, um, health insurance to cover any fertility services. While not LGBT-specific, this bill was supported by GLAD in their work to advance LGBT rights because, obviously, LGBT couples are more likely than other couples to need this type of service. But to me, it's a really great example of how improving health coverage um, you know, helps more than just one group. It's better you know, in general when, when the system is more inclusive of different types of services, of different people's needs. Um, so really cool to see how um, you know, this issue is one that brought different types of advocacy groups together 
to make the case that Maine should include this in their coverage. So only 30 states to go until the whole country um, has fertility um, services included in their health insurance. Well, that concludes another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. And don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out any of these pieces for yourself. We have all the links there for you. Have a great week, and I hope you'll tune in next week for another edition of The Roundup.